Performer Talks. I'm your host, Bethany Unwin. And before we get started with today's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's gone over to iTunes and left us a review, and anyone who shared our podcast on social media. Our aim is to reach as many performers as possible, making the arts accessible to everyone by providing free information for performers. If you haven't already and you love our episodes, please do head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or share us and tag us on social media at The Perform Journals to show your support. Thank you so much and let's get on with the episode. Today I'm delighted to be joined by the lovely Jeanette Mamrara. Now Jeanette Mamrara is a professional dancer and choreographer but not only that she's very well known for being one of the incredible professionals on Strictly Come Dancing. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. No my pleasure thank you so much for having me I'm happy to chat. Oh it's lovely to have you on. Um, So for all the listeners at home would you be happy to just give them a little quick background from where it all started to where you are now? Well, I uh, grew up in Miami. My whole family's Cuban. I was the first one born in the USA. And Cuba, it's it's in the culture of Cuban uh, families to just dance. So literally everyone in my family danced, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles. I always say that I started walking just as fast as I started learning how to dance salsa. They kind of came one and one. They came together. So I always grew up around music and dancing and big family parties. Um, But when I turned 12, my mom thought, oh, she's got a lot of energy. So we need to put her in something for real because she's not she's not just dancing at parties. I started putting on Christmas shows for my family and I would do performances with my cousin and, you know, be a mini choreographer at 10 already. <laughs> so she put me in this program uh, for a TV station, Univision, which is like, a, basically it's like the BBC of the South, uh, South American, Central American countries, all the Spanish speaking countries. And they had a segment on this uh, show called Sao Gigante where the kids would come in and do musicals and come in and talk to the main host of the show. A little bit like Kids Say the Darnest Thing, you know, the old TV show where kids would just sit down and talk about adult subjects. And, um, so that was kind of the first moment that my mom was like, oh, wow, I think she's really comfortable on stage. She's really comfortable in front of a camera. She's comfortable <laughs> picking up steps. Uh, so I started working a lot with the TV show and the program, and it was mostly musical theater based. So it was a lot of singing and acting. And then dancing was something that we did kind of more like a movement for dance, movement for actors. So we took ballet once a week and we took jazz once a week. But the whole rest of the week, it was mostly the acting and singing side. Uh, but dancing was always my favorite class of the week. I couldn't wait for the ballet class. I couldn't wait for the jazz class. So when I turned 17, it was between 17 and 18, my the gentleman that was teaching us the dance class, he opened up his own dance school. And because I was already going to be 18, I couldn't stay in the children's program. So he suggested that I come and join his dance school. And he's like, you are an amazing dancer. And I really think that you could do this professionally, would you want to come along and join? And I thought he was mad, so I was 18 years old. Uh, but he really believed in me and I said, okay, fine. So I started dancing at that point, literally every single day, Monday through Saturday. But uh, I had also graduated high school, so I started working at the bank, which um, I worked at a bank for six years, the eight to five, and then going to uni as well. So I had the most insane schedule. I mean, if I wasn't 
at work in the daytime until five. In the evenings, I would either go straight to university for a couple hours and then dance class or vice versa, swapped it around. And then I would be dancing Saturdays and Sundays as much as I could. So I had very little social life <laughs> during those first few years of my life, but I loved it. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. So I loved going to dance and I lo- it was for me kind of my, my escapism, you know, I wouldn't, it was just such a fun thing for me to do. And uh, he was teaching at the school. He had flamenco, he had jazz, he had ballet, he had contemporary, he had hip hop, and he had a little bit of ballroom and Latin as well. So I took it all. I thought, well, I don't know what I want to specialize in. So I'm just going to take all of it and just see what happens, you know? And, uh, and he always really stressed that versatility is important for dancers to be able to dance not just one, but a couple, at least a couple of different styles of dance so that you make yourself more bookable and you can get jobs easier. Um, especially if you want to stay in the television and film industry, you know, being versatile in television film is important. Musical theater and like ballet, or if you want to dance competitively, that's slightly different. You have to focus in more on the one. But because I always have my eye on doing, you know, even if it is musical theater or television or film, I thought, well, I'm going to try it all. Why not? Um, and then, you know, I joined So You Think You Can Dance, which is a TV show that happens in the USA. I think they had one here in the UK for a while. And it was kind of like, the most um, interesting and awesome, amazing, all of the like positive experiences in my life because I took all those different dance styles I was studying. And in the competition, it's exactly about that, you know, being able to dance all kinds of dance styles. So I did really well in the show, um, then went on tour with the show. And then I think that's when, you know, um, I had to make a decision if I wanted to continue dancing or go back to working at the bank because I still had my job at the bank <laughs> when the show finished and I came back from the tour. But, you know, my parents were always very supportive and they said, whatever you want to do, we support you. We want you to just be happy and follow your dreams. And if that's dancing and moving to L.A., then then do that. So as scary as it was, I did. And it was kind of a snowball effect from there, really. I worked on Glee. I danced with J-Lo. I did a lot of like random jobs while I was living in L.A., um, and then I joined the cast of Burn the Floor, which is a West End and Broadway show that tours worldwide. So I got to tour the world with the show and do the West End twice. And then eventually the second time I came to the West End with Burn the Floor, that's when the Strictly producers came along. And voila, Jeanette is now on Strictly Come Dancing nine years later. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. And you must have had the most amazing time doing all of those contracts. So before you started Strictly and before you did all these amazing contracts, you broke into the industry. And like you said, it was a very big decision. Like, do I go back to this or do I do I go full at my, my passion and what I want to do? So for you, was it really worrying? Was there was there a moment when you were worried about the consistency of work? And is there something you wish someone had told you when you were trying to break into the dance industry? Is there something I wish someone, no, to be honest, I feel like I don't have any regrets and I don't second guess anything because I'm so happy with where I am in my career. I'm so happy with the people that I've met, the opportunities that I've been given. Um, You know, I think my dance teacher and my parents, I really have to say that they, their advice to me was always, you know, if this is something you want to do, if you want to dance and you want to perform, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the hours. And no matter how tired I was after work or how tired I was after uni, if I had a ballet class that started at 7.30 p.m. that I needed to get to, I'd be there. Or if I had a flamenco class, I'd be there. You know, I think the best advice that my 
my dance teacher ever gave me is like, you just need to be ready. You know, you can't wait for things to happen and then start working for them. You have to put in the work ahead of time and be ready so that when the opportunity comes your way, you're ready to take it on. Um, and my parents were just the biggest dreamers themselves. You know, they were born in Cuba, born and raised in Cuba. Uh, Cuba is a communist country, so they couldn't really follow their dreams there. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. And so they came to the USA kind of in the hopes of following that kind of American dream that you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want to be. And because they had me and my brother and my sister um, and they had to become parents and raise the family, they ended up not being able to really do what they wanted to do. My dad sings and my mom's a synchronized swimmer. So I think because they were dreamers. They always said to me, you know, whatever you want to do, we're going to support you. Just make sure that you work for it because it's not something that just happens. I think a big misconception with the arts is that people think it's just pretty. You know, you just go to the show theater or and you watch a show and it's, oh, aren't they pretty dancers or aren't they pretty singers? And it's nice to watch the show and, oh, you kind of do that. But people don't realize how hard, how much work and dedication goes into the arts, specifically dancers uh putting their bodies through i mean literally right now i'm dealing with a pinched nerve in my shoulder and in my neck and it's been an ongoing injury for years so it's like they you don't realize how hard and how much time you have to put into it in order to be successful as a dancer especially um but yeah i don't think i would change anything or or do anything differently that's amazing and it's so true and i think it's really important that through my platform i always try and highlight how amazing it is but equally you know, it's not an easy ride. You've got to be 100% in and dedicated to what you do because while it is the most incredible experience, it's also tough and you have to be able to knuckle down and, and work exceptionally hard. Yes, exactly. And I don't think um, sometimes, you know, I think also when you, especially when I was living in LA, it was a very tough city, LA. <laughs> And when you go for auditions, you know, you get told no a million times before you get the yes. So I think people, you know, they see me on Strictly and they see the things that I've done and they go, wow, isn't she lucky? You know, but nobody knows all the millions of times I got told no or how tired, how many times I've cried from exhaustion or because I have had knee surgery or, you know, whatever it is. Um, those, those tough times are the tough times that you need to really push through in order to get to the to the end product that people see on the stage or on the television. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And I'm so grateful that you've shared that because it does feel very relatable, I'm sure, to all the dancers right now who are struggling with injuries or are just constantly in that bit of rejection. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, so moving on now to your Strictly years, you joined in 2011, no, in season 11, my apologies, after being on Broadway and the international tour of Burn the Floor and the producers saw you and just fell in love with your dancing, which many of us do. So how did your life change from being on tour to suddenly being on primetime, BBC One television, every Saturday night in front of millions of people. Were you a bit shell-shocked? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've done television before. I've done television since I was a kid. So I, I feel very comfortable in a TV studio. Almost more comfortable sometimes even than in a theatre, you know, because mm -hmm. in a the theatre, what you see is what you get. You can't change it. You've got to go. It's live. It's done. So it's a little bit more... I mean, obviously Strictly's live, so that's nerve wracking, but uh, television studios always for me felt quite like home because that's what I did since I was a kid. Um, but I remember we were in, it was West End. I unfortunately never got to do Broadway, but I did do the West End twice with the show. So when we were in the West End, um, 
the second time around. I I had done Dancing with the Stars in Los Angeles in the USA. Not the main show, but the live show. They had Dancing with the Stars live in Las Vegas. And I performed on Dancing with the Stars, the TV show, a few times as well. And they had offered me a spot to be one of the dancers, but I couldn't do it because my, I was still under contract at the West End here with Brenda Floor. So I remember feeling gutted that I had to say no to Dancing with the Stars and thinking, oh gosh, I hope that it's still there next year. You know, if I can, if, if one, once I'm done with this West End contract here in, in the UK. And um, and then I found out, you know, I discovered Strictly because I, my friend Robin Windsor was on it. Um, Artem Chigvinsev was on it. Karen Hauer had just um at the time joined it. So it became a conversation in the cast of Burn the Floor. And we had Christina Rinoff uh, and Robin. Robin has always been a part of Burn the Floor, but Christina came and joined the cast with a special West End appearance that they were doing. And I was like, Strictly Come Dancing. And then they said, this is the original Dancing with the Stars. It's the best one. You know, it started here in the UK many, many years ago. And and that's when I got my first glimpse of, you know, oh, wow, this is like just, just as awesome over here, if not better, because it's the original one. And uh, when the producers came to watch the show, I was really rooting for Aliash because, you know, I had never competed in Bormi Latin. It was a Bormi Latin show, Burn the Floor, that we were doing, so I know how to do it, and I've danced it. But I've never really competed with it because I did it more through television and through theater, not through the competitive world. Um, so I just assumed they'd never bring me on board because I didn't have any, you know, championship titles or, or anything like that. So remember when they came, I thought... I hope Aliash gets it. You know, I was really rooting for him. And I thought, and if he gets it, and then maybe I do the American one, we can just figure out how we can see each other. We were a little bit sad because Aliash and I at that time were, were dating. Um, and we were just thinking, how are we going to do this long distance thing? It was kind of a scary moment for our relationship, but we're both so passionate about dancing. And I really wanted him to get strictly. So I was like, as long as you get Strictly and then maybe hopefully I get Dancing with the Stars next year, we can make it work, you know? And then Strictly came in and I remember literally saying to him and Kevin Clifton, who also got the part, the same, the job the same year that Ali Ash and I did. I was really rooting for the two of them, you know? So I just did my show and I was so comfortable. I was not nervous. I was just like, oh my God, the producers are in. This is awesome. So me and my friend Robbie, who was my partner in the show, we just had like the best, funnest, show we almost didn't take it seriously we're like look at everybody else so nervous the producers are in and we're totally fine you know um and then you know they they approached me after the show ended that night and they came over to myself and Ali Ash and they they just said we absolutely loved your dancing you're phenomenal on the show uh we, we hope to be speaking to you soon so they called us a couple of days later and they said would you like to come in and audition uh, for Strictly. And when you audition for Strictly, what they do is they bring in a celebrity and you have to teach them how to dance. And they just watch you teach, basically. Um, and I remember going, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. As long as you know, but it was so unexpected. <laughs> so Ali Ash and I went in to the audition together. I remember he, um, I prepared myself to teach a man how to dance. And then I walked in and it was a woman. So I panicked because my whole plan in my head was to teach the man steps and what I'm, you know, and then I walked in and it was a woman that I had to teach. And I was like, oh my gosh, because they hired one celeb for a couple of different auditions. I was the only woman auditioning that day to be on Strictly. So that's hence why I had to teach the woman. And I remember going, oh, I've not got it. I, I think I destroyed that audition because it was backwards to what I thought it was going to be. Um, and then they called us again. We do another long sit down interview. And in that interview, they asked loads of questions. And I was really honest with them. And I said, look, I've never competed before, but I've been dancing ball and Latin for a long time. 
Um, and I love the fact that I come from more of a musical theater television background because I think I'm really good at telling stories, um, which is interesting. And, you know, if you give me the part, I would I'll hope to make you proud, you know. And a couple of days later, we both got the phone call. And I remember Aliash and I were panicking because we knew they were going to be calling that day, but we didn't know if it was going to be one way or the other. And they called me first. And they started the chat very like, okay, well, as you know, we've been looking at lots of people and, you know, unfortunately we're going to have to make some pretty tough decisions. It sounded like it was a no. And I was literally, you know, lipping over Charlie. I was like, I've not got it. I've not got it. (laughs) And then she goes, and, you know, unfortunately we can't take everybody, but we would love to offer it to you. I mean, I started screaming and I... (laughs) Was so, I mean, I didn't, I'm lying. I, and inside I was screaming on the phone. I kept it really cool. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, wonderful. Yes, of course. Thank you. I'd love to be a part of Chicken Come Dancing. As soon as I hung up, Ali Ash and I were crying, screaming for joy, you know. And then he got the phone call as well, like 10 minutes later. So we both got the job at the same time. And um, and it, our relationship got saved. We always say that it was kind of a strictly blessing instead of a strictly curse. You know how everybody talks about the strictly curse. For us, being on Strictly has been the biggest blessing because our relationship, we were able to stay together. We got engaged on the show, got married on the show. And, uh, and yeah, and I think, you know, looking back, I'm so happy that they took the risk with me. I think they're happy they took the risk with me because... This is going to be my ninth year. I can't believe it's going to be my ninth year. I still feel like I'm one of the new guys. And I still feel like I'm learning all the time. But but I love it. I love television. It's, it's hopefully going to be a part of my career forever. That's amazing. I can't believe you got the call at the exact same time. How lovely that you got to celebrate such a, an event together. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously with with that, like I've interviewed a lot of people that are big names in their industry, but you're a household name. Like everyone knows who you are. You know, there's the press, there's social media now. How has that affected your career and you within your industry? I mean, can you go to the local shop or is that not a thing anymore? <laughs> um, well, I think because I've always grown up in television, I've never really felt the difference, if I'm honest. I think, you know, I've done theater work with Burn the Floor. I did Burn the Floor for about four years and we traveled. I mean, I was so blessed. I traveled the world dancing and I danced in Japan. I danced in South Africa. I've danced in Belgium. I've danced like literally in all different parts of the world with the show. So I, I've really, really pinched myself at how lucky I've been with in that aspect. But when it comes to television, it's such an interesting realm, right? Because I, I, I'm not a fan of the word celebrity. I know I am one. But when people say, so what's it like being a celebrity? It always makes me feel a little bit weird because in my head, first and foremost, I'm a performer. I'm a dancer. I'm an actress. I'm, I'm a singer. I'm a TV personality. You know, I'm someone that that comes to the table with with some sort of a talent, you know. And, uh, and when you take that kind of talent away and you just put the title celebrity on it, I feel like it feels, I don't know, it feels weird for me. So, <laughs> but um, I love it, if I'm honest. I love the fact that Strictly Come Dancing in the UK is such a huge show i didn't realize how big it was in the uk until that first year that i did it because in the usa dancing with the stars is pretty big don't get me wrong and i think it's pretty big worldwide a lot of people watch on youtube the clips of the show over there but what i love the most when i did my first year of strictly is how it's such a like you said yourself it's like it's a family thing they sit down with a cup of tea on the saturday night as a family 
and watch Strictly. It's the lead up to Christmas, like Strictly starts and people start getting ready for Christmas, you know? And I love how much of a tradition it is, how much of a part of the family it is. Um, I'm a huge fan of Disney. Like I'm the big, a, a nerd Disney fan. I've got Disney stuff left, right and center in my house. And Disney for me is all about family. It's all about this warmth, this unity of, about bringing the family circle together, no matter what kind of family that is, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think that Strictly is, is very similar in that way. So when I did that first year and, you know, Ali Ash and I would walk to the shop and people would stop us and say, oh, my God, I loved your cha-cha this weekend. It was amazing. You know, I, I felt really blessed. Again, I just thought, wow, isn't this beautiful that through the art of dance, which is an art form that I think sometimes gets a little bit left behind after singing and acting, let's say, um, you know, to, to get dance to that kind of a platform, to that kind of a level where people are walking down the road and knowing what a Paso Doble is, you know, that is that is beautiful to be a part of that. So for me, it's it's the biggest compliment to have people come up to us and say hi or to have people follow me on my Instagram or my Twitter or whatever it is. Um, and, and, you know, with that comes a lot of negativity as well. You get a lot of Twitter trolling and people get a lot of, they give their opinion, you know. Um, and it's not side of it is not great, but um, I always kind of look at the positive of how many more people there are saying beautiful things about whether it's my dancing or dancing in general or the show in itself. So to be a part of that whole kind of movement of dance, to see that dance has become such a forefront uh, conversation and just everyday life for people is really, really special. I don't think any other uh TV show could do something like that for dance. So you think you can dance actually did try, but Strictly has got this nice appeal that makes it so relatable to literally anyone of any age, of any background to enjoy. And then, so to be called, considered quote unquote a celebrity for a show like that, I don't mind at all because it means it's, you know, it, I'm, I'm doing something wonderful for dance and I'm bringing escapism and happiness to people Saturday nights. And, um, when it comes to the social media, like you asked, I, I love that people are interested in what I have to say, what I have for breakfast, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm studying, what I'm doing. That That's awesome. And, and that's all through dance. So it's a beautiful thing, really. It really is. That's amazing. And like you say, there's not just Strictly. You've been a part of so many wonderful contracts. For you, what has been the contract that taught you the most about yourself, but also about this wonderful dance industry? Which contract for you sticks out as being one of the the biggest lessons for you? Um, well, I mean, I, I think obviously the biggest contract I've ever had was Strictly, but I think that the, where I learned the most about myself as a dancer and as a performer, like what, what Jeanette has to offer when I'm on, on the stage or in front of a camera even, uh, would have to be when I did burn the floor. Um, it was eight shows a week. We were traveling on the days off. It was a very, very physically intense show. Uh, but also I remember watching the show when it was on Broadway and thinking, Oh my God, if I could do that someday, you know? So when I got the phone call to audition, it was the easiest, like, yes, and flight book to go. I'm doing it. I'm not one audition ever. But I think in Burn the Floor, what I learned the most is um, how to really be present because I had done television for so long and television is so fast paced. You just get, it's like, go, 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 go. You know, you need to, you show up, you go, you show up, you go. And it's kind of like you're in and you're out, you know, whereas in theater, you have the time to really do a lot of self-discovery. Who am I when I'm standing on that stage? What makes my movements, my dancing 
not better or worse than anyone. It was never about that. It was that what makes it uh, uh, symbolic to Jeanette. You know, what, what is it that Jeanette has to bring to the stage? And doing four years of that show, it's the same show. It only changed ever so slightly throughout the years that I was in it. But doing that really kind of opened my eyes to what kind of a dancer I am, what kind of a performer I am. Um, it gave me, you know, a lot of mental training because when you have eight shows a week and you're traveling on the days off, it, it could be mentally exhausting, physically, I'm forgetting it's physically exhausting, but mentally to do the same show for that long and for that many times a week, you really kind of have to become a strong mental, mental, um, trying to find the right words here. It, it just teaches you a lot of versatility and strength in the mind as well to be able to push through. And so the biggest contract for me that taught me all those lessons was definitely Brent for. That's amazing. And like you say, you have to have a really strong mindset when you're on a contract like that. And I think in lockdown last year, it was a tough time for so many people. And you did some amazing virtual events on your platform and kept everyone feeling motivated. So I think a lot of listeners would like to know how you stay motivated and disciplined in times where maybe it doesn't feel like it's all going your way and the tides may be against you. How do you stay on track and disciplined enough to, to combat those feelings? Do you know what? It's, it's not easy. I think people see me online and, you know, I always put on my social media positivity and I try and inspire and I try and put my favorite quotes and things that I think will really keep people happy and motivated and inspired throughout their day. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I am human. Some days were really tough, if I'm honest. And the whole reason that I started doing lives and interviews, I, I think I interviewed about, I think it was about 55, 60 people, something like that, last lockdown. And then lockdown 3.0, because uh, 2.0, I was doing strictly lockdown 3.0. I um, really came on and started talking about well-being because I'm studying that at the moment. Um, and I just came on and chatted about anything, any kind of subject matter that I was discussing in the course of the time. But for me, it was almost a, 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 a reciprocal feeling. I needed to feel connected to people in order to motivate myself. I needed to know that there was people out there that were going through the same thing that I was going through and that I wasn't alone feeling lost and confused and what's going to happen with my career. So as much as I motivated others through what I was doing, they also motivated me, you know, having that routine of every day knowing, Oh, I can't wait to do my party ballet class. You know, I did, a, I did like fitness every single day. And that started because I thought, if I do this live with everybody every single day, I will do it myself. And I want to keep doing it every single day. So they became like my gym mates, you know, you know that they say you need a gym buddy to keep you motivated. So doing the live party ballet classes was kind of like my motivation to stay on top of my fitness as well. And then my live chats in the evening was just, again, to motivate others and keep myself motivated too. So it was a relationship. It wasn't so much that I had it all together and I was totally fine. And I just came on and told everybody how to do it. It was more that I needed them as much as maybe they needed me. And I love that because I felt like I created such a nice online community and I engaged with people online that I had, I probably would have never have engaged with before if I hadn't done all the lives that I did. And routine is so important when it comes to, um, staying motivated and staying positive and you know if you've got goals or little anything that you want to achieve routine is so important and what happened in lockdown is that all our routines got shattered it was like they were all thrown out the window so for me creating that stability creating that routine of every day i'm going to do this live for fitness and this live to talk about people's careers and their lives um kept me 
motivated and kept others motivated. So it was kind of, it was like a little circle, you know, I motivated them, they motivated me. And, and in hindsight, it was, I mean, I hope I made a lot of people happy because they definitely made me happy. That's wonderful. And I'm so pleased that, you know, um, you love running your social media platform because so many people love your platform, including myself, and we love watching what you do. Um, and you've just finished doing your Remembering the Oscars, which was a virtual tour, which must have been so different from what you you're used to and adapting like everyone else during this pandemic so I'd love for you to talk about that experience and any projects you've got coming up because I'm sure our listeners would love to know what you're going to be doing over the next few months and want to know how to how to come and see you hopefully when things get back up and running oh well remember the Oscars we've had to postpone that show twice now we had to postpone it in 2020 we had to postpone it now again in 2021 so hopefully fingers crossed it happens now in 2022 when we come back but I remember Ali Ash and I and the producer our producer Stephen who's phenomenal um we thought we need to do something we can't leave people again a second year this show is so fantastic and we're so proud of it um, and, you know, we've got dancers and singers that are desperate to work again, to do some kind of performing. And so Steve and our producer for months, while I was on Strictly and Ali Ash was on Strictly, he, um, he did a lot of research into how we can possibly stream this, you know, and that was still hoping that we could still go forward with the show. But he was like, mm, what if it doesn't happen? So he kind of did all the background work to find out how the streaming thing could happen so when we had to respond it the second time you know he said well I've, I've got all the information we could do the streaming do you guys want to do it and Ali Ash and I in a heartbeat said yes we we want to dance we want to show people what the show is all about we want to be able to get our dancers and singers back on the stage where they should be after such a long time um, and the feeling that we had when we walked into that first day of rehearsal because we spent a whole week rehearsing just through Zoom because <laughs> we couldn't you know, go to a dance studio or see each other or anything. Um, and then we had to get lots of testing done and stuff like that. We kind of created a Remembering Oscars bubble so that we could come together and rehearse. And um, I remember walking into that first day of rehearsal and my gosh, it was just so, the only word I can use to describe that, the feeling was euphoric, you know, to see the dancers dancing again, to hear the singers singing, Ali Ash and I to be dancing once again. Like, and it was just such a special project. Um, I think in the end, we had about 70 people involved in the whole production of, of, the, of the show because we had about seven cameramen plus everybody that does costumes, plus the stagehands, plus the people that worked at the venue where it was filmed, plus the film editors and directors. Um, it was just an incredible team of people that came together to put the show on. And we were so immensely proud that we were able to do this in the middle of the pandemic and showcase something of what the show is. Um, it was only an hour long, but at least it gives people a really good taste of what the show is all about. So hopefully next year, uh, fingers crossed, we don't have to postpone it a third time. Uh, it goes forward and we can show everybody the whole rest of the show and and many other awesome numbers that we, we didn't get the chance to perform in the stream. But the stream went amazingly well and I'm really happy with it. So hopefully next year we have lots of people coming to watch. Um, but I have lots going on. I mean, Strictly is around the corner. I can't believe that, you know. I actually had the realization that's why in my social media, I've been a little bit quieter, quieter recently because I've realized one, I need to finish my well-being course before my life kicks back in and I have no time again. So I'm really digging into that. Uh, and secondly, I start rehearsals on June uh, 4th. I think it is. We start rehearsals for the strictly professionals tour. 
Um, and once those rehearsals commence, I think we only get one day off a week and then we go straight into tour for four weeks. The last day of shows is on a Saturday night. Sunday, we get that Sunday off. And then Monday morning, we are straight into rehearsals for Strictly Come Dancing group numbers. And then once that starts, I feel like that's it. I'm straight through to, to Christmas time. So I'm really trying to enjoy my last couple of weeks of, you know, lockdown, quote unquote, lockdown life before I go into this like whirlwind of a schedule where I just have no days off after June starts. But I, I have that. So I've got the Strictly Pro Tour. Like I said, I'm going to be doing... Um, uh, Dr. Branch, which was one of my partners on Strictly a couple years back, he's doing a charity event at the Garrick Theatre uh, to raise funds for Mad Trust, which is a wonderful charity um, for the performing arts community. And uh, he's um, he's invited me to sing and dance with him, so that's going to be on June 15. And the event has been sold out, which is amazing, uh, but they've had to kind of keep the theatre COVID-friendly, so it wasn't a full capacity venue. But still, we've raised all the funds, and we're so excited, so we'll be doing that. I can't wait to dance and sing with Ronj. You know, he's one of my closest friends. Um, but yeah, lots, I mean, lots going on. I'm going to be watching Ali Ash and Here Come the Boys. They're going to be in the Palladium at the end of this month. Um, so I can't wait to be a cheerleader and go and watch and cheer him on. Uh, but yeah, lots of really exciting projects going on. But I think one that I'm really excited about at the moment is my well-being course. It's, um, it's a tough course. I think it's about 40 hours of lessons that I'm taking at the moment. And each lesson takes me a good two hours to compete. So it's a long time. Um, and I'm doing it little by little. But once I complete the course, uh, I'm hoping that I can apply all that knowledge that I gain and use it in my platform, in my Instagrams, in my social medias as much as I can um, and bring it forward with my presenting work that I do. I worked a lot with Morning Live recently and I really enjoyed hosting the show and I really enjoyed coming on and doing fitness and um, getting people motivated through exercise and I just feel that if I continue educating myself with the well-being, I would love to apply that more even to my life, however I can, not just through dancing and performing, but also through conversation and through chat shows and just engaging people in in, in an interest in their well-being. Um, I think this year has been so tough for everyone. Mental health has really suffered. And well-being, I, I mean, it encompasses everything. It's the mind, body and soul. Um, I'm learning at the moment about the endocrine system. So that's interesting, <laughs> but, uh, I think my angle is going to be definitely more on the psychological aspects, the mental well-being side of it all. Cause I'm really interested in that. I've always been interested in it. I studied uh, in college two semesters of psychology. So I, I like helping people and, and helping them with their mental health. And that's why I post so many inspirational quotes on my Instagram. So I want to keep people feeling good and feeling motivated, especially after the year that we've just had. Um, so I'm really excited to hopefully get that, that course done and be able to start working with that knowledge in some shape or form. Yeah. That's incredible and very, very inspiring as well to many, many of our listeners, I'm sure will be really excited to see what's to come um, over the next couple of months. And I will put all your social media um, in our show notes so they can go and follow you so that they get to see all of that. And um, very last question, I would love to know, um, because we've got so many listeners on here that are wanting to break into the performing arts industry, um, what would your advice be to anyone who's an aspiring performer? Oh, well, one of my favorite quotes ever, I mean, I'm looking at it right now because it's in my vanity. I look at it every day. It's by Walt Disney and it says, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. 
And for me, that's basically my biggest advice in a nutshell is having the courage to continue pushing yourself for your whatever your dream is. I think a lot of times you're going to find a million and one excuses to stop. Uh, you're going to be told no, or you're not. You're, for me, it was I'm too short, or I'm I haven't done enough ballet, or I haven't done this, or I haven't done that, or you're too this, or you're not enough that. And you know, you get told no a lot in this career. And I think if you can persevere and push through um, those tough moments, you know, and continue working hard and continue putting yourself into your craft and dedicating the time and passion that you have for whatever it is that you do then someday something will come along that will be yours. I mean, for me, it happened really late. You know, I got So You Think when I was 23 years old. And then Strictly Come Dancing, I got when I was 29 years old. So it's not something that is just going to happen. But what I what I can say is to make sure that you prepare yourself, you work really hard, you put in as much time and effort as you can so that when you do go knocking on those doors, when one of them finally opens, you're ready to take that opportunity on. And um, I think that's why that that quote means so much to me because it is a lot about having courage and then pushing through those really tough times that will for sure happen. That's amazing advice. Thank you so much. And we know how busy you are. So we are so grateful for your advice and for coming on and giving up your time. We are really, really grateful. So thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. No, thank you for having me. I've loved it. Gosh, I can talk a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, no, we loved it. We absolutely (laughs) loved having you on. Um, Thank you to all the listeners at home. I've been Bethany Unwin and this has been Performer Talks.